Well, hello everyone. This is Data Driven Formula One with Patrick Hansen Gana Pagrabna. Hello, Gana. Hello, all. Hello. Um, so we finally got to 1968. Yep. 1968, uh, quite changing year. I mean, interesting changes, new regulations, but unfortunately also uh, tragic uh, accidents. Yep. Which yep. we have to talk about. Uh, in uh, today's episode yeah that's right um yeah the sound you hear is actually patrick's dog who is uh, yes. sometimes an active member of our podcast and uh, youtube team <laughs> because <laughs> it's a she right is that a she, she? she yes. yeah yeah she participates in uh, several of <laughs> our podcasts uh, so okay but kind of coming back to 1968 uh, let's look yeah. at the season uh, and what happened mm -hmm. um, so this is the year uh, so we had a special on um, uh, Jim Clark that uh, if you watched it, yeah. you would know that this is the year when we lost uh, Jim Clark to a tragic accident. Um, and um, yeah, uh, this is the season table. And um, um, if you watched uh, Jim Clark's episode, you know who won. But if you didn't watch it, yeah. we're not going to tell you just as yet because uh, this stage you can see there was a little bit of intrigue here between sort of Lotus uh, and McLaren, right? So mm -hmm. there is uh, um, and, and, and there are several drivers uh, from Lotus. Obviously, I mean, there's quite a lot of Lotus in the in in the constructor championship, but uh, I guess uh, I guess with driver championship you can't tell from the table. Um, and uh, yeah, so this is the standing. So as you can see, it was very interesting season with uh, McLaren and Lotus uh, being quite competitive, and we also saw some good performance from Ferrari and Matra Ford, um, but. Uh, also, you can see that Ford uh, actually supplied quite a lot of engines by the looks of things <laughs> that season. Yeah. Uh, Tennessee, which uh, should uh, continue. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember uh, some year, uh, practically all cars uh, were using Ford engines except of uh, Ferrari. Must be in 1980s, if I'm correct. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, rule change. Yep, new rules and uh, quite relevant uh, changes. Uh, as we discussed in earlier uh, episodes, uh, since 1968, it is allowed uh, to have uh, sponsoring on uh, your car. And the first one who used uh, this new rule was uh, a team from uh, South uh, Africa. Um, the team uh, was then called the Gunston. Uh, called after uh, their main sponsor, which uh, uh, was uh, was uh, uh, yeah, sorry, yeah, with, uh, also cigarettes. So 1960s, uh, 70s, uh, a lot of these uh, sponsors came from the tobacco industries, uh, same as in this example. But also other teams uh, became um, fast uh, seconds, especially uh, Lotus, who not only had been famous for technical developments, but also for uh, business developments as using, for example, uh, sponsoring. Um, second uh, new change 
we see finally wings on the cars. Not that extremely in 1968, but we will see some really wild uh, designs in 69 and 70. Mm -hmm. Right, so this was a big, uh, big change, obviously, for Formula One when we had unlimited sponsorships and finally we could actually, we would see like really interesting libraries uh, in Formula One as well. Um, and um, yeah, so um, uh, another big change was that wings were introduced in Formula One and uh, Colin Chapman uh, basically was a pioneer in this, uh, so he pioneered uh, the wings in 1968 Monaco Grand Prix, and uh, mm -hmm. you know the by Belgian Grand Prix, uh, you know other teams uh, like Brabham and Ferrari um, was were also uh, they also had this, <laughs> they also they also adopted this innovation. I guess uh, one of the one of the strange things about um, uh, 1968 season is that we didn't see much success of Brabham team, right? So we actually like other teams did better, but uh, on the other hand, we saw the kind of the rise of McLaren, uh, who was a new team, and it was really cool to see them perform that well uh, in 1968. Mm -hmm. Exactly, and uh, as you said, we we see the first uh, wings uh, in the beginning. It's a little bit uh, try and error, so engineers hadn't been sure yet how we can use wings effectively, so they tested a lot uh, around. So, for example, I can show you here a testing model, what Ferrari <laughs> used. This. Well, you can and fly on this one, I think. Exactly. <laughs> and, and we see this also still uh, with other teams. I think uh, Brabham used such uh, similar wings in 1969. Uh, so uh, engineers had been uh, experimenting uh, what we can do. Now we can use wings, but uh, how we do it? Mm. Right. Uh, so the first race in South Africa was won by Jim Clark. Uh, so Lotus was again back, kind of back on track, uh, very um, with with very strong cars uh, this season. And, uh, you know, then uh, basically, you know, we, we, as we mentioned before, we lost Jim Clark that year. So effectively, this was his last, last race. Yeah, uh, so tragically, uh, he bet um, uh, Fancho's record of 25 race wins with his uh, last race. Absolutely. And then uh, um, if you watched our special on Jim Clark, uh, you would know that uh, Jim Clark didn't uh, die in a Formula One event. He died in a Formula Two event in Germany. And um, basically, yeah, this was a big uh, uh, shock uh, to the entire Lotus team. Uh, and um, yeah, so here, in fact, uh, yeah, so they called him Lucky Jim. So this is the newspaper headline from uh, Jim Clark's death. You can see at the bottom there. So it's like just a, just a short extract from the paper and uh, some uh, pictures of uh, of Jim Clark uh, and discussion of his career in uh, in the local in the local papers uh, in the UK, uh, there um, at the bottom of the, the bottom right corner of the screen, if you're watching, um, mm -hmm. if you're watching us on YouTube. 
Um, right. So and then basically it was up to Graham Hill, right? So the 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 team was in uh, yeah. Colin uh, Chapman was um, the head of the Lotus team, and he effectively just uh, was really shocked by this loss. But uh, luckily they had Graham Hill. Um, uh, who now could uh, replace uh, Jim Clark uh, and in fact uh, did so very successfully as we will find out yes. uh, throughout uh, that. Maybe you ask uh, uh, yourself why uh, Jim Clark as, as a famous Formula One driver uh, went to Formula Two events. Um, today we have uh, Formula Two again, uh, but it's practically uh, a stepstone to enter uh, Formula One, it's the last step before you go to Formula One. In the 1960s, it was still a little bit uh, different. So it was, uh, Formula Two had a higher um, level in, in motorsports. So it wasn't um, unusual that uh, besides race weekends, drivers, also famous drivers, champions, uh, would participate um, in a Formula Two event. And this was what... Uh, Jim Clark was uh, doing, he was uh, uh, participating with the Lotus Formula 2, which is more or less uh, the same as the Formula 1, just with uh, less uh, uh, horsepower, also related as uh, the Lotus team had still um, obligations with its main uh, sponsor and provider, uh, Firestone uh, Tires. So for this reason, it was not unusual for somebody like Jim Clark to participate in Formula 2. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and um, yeah, so the, so after the team, the important thing was that after the team lost, uh, basically the top driver, normally, like we saw this with Ferrari, uh, so examples from Ferrari, for example, in, in previous years, how it took them a whole year to recover. I mean, this... Uh, this uh, this time for for Lotus it was different because luckily they had Graham Hill um, um, who was um, basically not uh, the the top driver for for Lotus but was able to quickly step in and um, effectively he pulled uh, the whole team together and was able to achieve a lot throughout that season. Um, showing how quick actually the cars, the Lotus cars were, you know, and, and he was already an experienced driver. This was not a driver that you needed to attract from from the market or from a different team. So in that sense, uh, Lotus was very, very uh, fortunate because they had... Uh, um, you know, they, they had, uh, <laughs> they had uh, in a sense, a Graham Hill in reserve there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, as you said, he was an experienced uh, driver. He won uh, two championships. He won the Indianapolis 500. He won Le Mans um, 24 hours. And uh, he was nearly in a retiring uh, age. And uh, I mean, he saw uh, drivers uh, dying around him. So he, so unfortunately, it wasn't uh, something completely uh, new. And I mean, he. He had all this experience and with this uh, he could uh, keep the team together and lead them to success. Yeah, so he won the Spanish uh, Grand Prix and then uh, he was also starting on pole in Monaco, right? Um, Yeah. Yeah, and then he won that one as well. Yeah, 
Uh, interesting to, to note here, uh, Ferrari not uh, participated uh, at this Monaco Grand Prix due to uh, safety uh, concerns. Uh, you will remember we, uh, Ferrari driver Lorenzo Bandini lost uh, last year uh, his life. Mm -hmm. Also, unfortunately, it was the last race for uh, Ludovico Scafiotti. Uh, he should lose his life in a hill climbing uh, race uh, after Monaco. Also, a motorsports accident, but not in Formula One. Yes, that's right. That's right. Um, so Belgium, um, so this was um, uh, also, in, in, uh, so this was um, a very good uh, race for the McLaren team. Uh, so we actually saw Bruce McLaren uh, winning um, the race. Um, and um, the, the cool thing about it was that he actually didn't start uh, even near to the pole. So you see, he was six, started from the sixth position. And uh, in the end, uh, actually won this race. Uh, this was an amazing achievement for McLaren team. And in fact, uh, this season uh, kind of uh, showed how competitive McLaren, uh, McLaren team could be. Right, so they had a kind of the, the hits and misses uh, uh, before, but I mean this season really was uh, showed that they are really a competitor and they could compete against uh, top teams. Yeah. And uh, we see a lot of different uh, teams uh, successful. We have uh, the victory by uh, Bruce McLaren. Uh, we have uh, second position, uh, Pedro Rodriguez on the BRM, and uh, then uh, we have uh, Ferrari with the new driver, Jackie Hicks. And uh, this way it continues also in Sanford, in Netherlands, where we had a victory for the Matra team, the French team, by uh, Jackie Stewart. Yes, absolutely. Um, uh, and, um, you know, the... Um you also can see the the picture of Jackie Stewart on your screen if you're watching us uh, on, on YouTube. And so this is what yeah. it was like <laughs> back in the day. Uh, I think it's important to, to notice uh, as well that in, 1960, uh, in 1968 we had... Um, so I don't know whether that was just introduced right after all these tragic accidents, but we have maybe slightly better gear for the driver uh, so yeah. we have slightly better helmets i mean they've been kind of developing throughout the uh, 1960s but um, i mean of course it's no, no in, in no way protects you from from anything but at least uh, you're not just as exposed because you have the, uh, you have the um, glasses and you have the helmet so not just the helmet like before and uh, so yeah uh, again, it's Patrick's. It's Patrick's dog's uh, dog. <laughs> What's her name? I forgot. Evoki, uh, like from Star Wars. Oh wow! Unfortunately, cool. just getting a package. It's okay. So no she needs to protect our house. Yeah, oh, awesome! So it's a, it's a, the defender of the house. <laughs> exactly. That's it. Is. All right, uh, France. Okay, so, uh, so, so this is, uh, yeah. So this is a, 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 the only victory for Ferrari that season, right, uh, Patrick? And yeah. this is by Jackie Eakes. Yeah. 
Um, yes, and uh, John Sotis, the former for, uh, Ferrari driver, came in as uh, second. Uh, but of course, uh, the um, uh, relevant point here and the, uh, the fatal accident of uh, his uh, uh, teammate, uh, the French driver Joe uh, Schlesser. And there is a little bit uh, a backstory uh, here because uh, John Sotis, uh, he was the uh, original driver. Uh, he also tested, uh, he was um, driving the RR301, so the last year's uh, chassis practically. Uh, he tested also the RR302, but uh, he concluded uh, that this car was no way safe, so practically uh, a suicide uh, car and uh, he rejected driving it. And uh, Honda, uh, they looked for a local, um, an additional local uh, driver for the French event and found uh, George Schlesser, who was active as Sink in Formula 2. Uh, so he had practically his first Formula 1 race. And uh, uh, you may say that due to this, he, wa he was lacking uh, experience and maybe not detected how... Uh, dangerous. dangerous the uh, 302 war, two, uh, war and uh, due to this um, unfortunately uh, lost uh, his uh, life um, in this race. Uh, very uh, unfortunate and uh, uh, it seems that this also triggered uh, Honda's decision to leave uh, Formula 1 after the end of this uh, season. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, again, if you watch us on YouTube, you can see this make that uh, that uh, Patrick just uh, kind of demonstrated to us in his webcam as well on the model. Uh, and uh, yeah. you can see the wing uh, of uh, the Ferrari car. <laughs> yeah. uh, what, <laughs> like, uh, looks like uh, he's trying to paraglide. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Jackie X looks like he's about to paraglide rather than drive uh, because yeah. of the size but, of that wing yeah. and the, the, the positioning of it. Yeah, uh, what you see here uh, is an experimental uh, yeah. car. So, uh, so this is how they uh, maybe in the Fiorano track uh, tested how to do wings. You see they're different. Uh, they're not uh, in the same position as on, on the photo. So really engineers hadn't been sure where to use wings or uh, if they wanted to put wings at all. For example, here you see the same car uh, mm -hmm. without any kind of wings. So it was was a new year and everybody had to, to do a little bit to try and error. Yeah, yeah, but I mean on the photo it's still quite a quite a high positioning of the yes. of the wing, uh, very high uh, up the seat of the like above the seat the driver's seat. Yes. And again, I just want to also um, I want you all to pay attention to the driver, to the way driver is dressed. Uh, so you have, uh, like, you, you can see Jackie X uh, with helmet and glasses. And um, so wearing at least uh, some protection um, when inside the car. So that's, uh, that's quite, quite new and different from what we saw in previous uh, seasons. That's correct. Okay, um, the UK race, um, yeah, so <laughs> uh, it was quite a, quite a, a memorable race for Jack Braham. This was his 100th start. Um, yeah. 
and um, uh, uh, yeah, uh, Joseph actually won this race, um, and uh, you know this was the first uh, ever race, the first race to be won by the Swiss driver, right? So that's exactly. also quite important. Also, uh, last victory for the private uh, Rob Walker team. Um, yep. And if you see the car, uh, uh, I mean, uh, on the right, which is from the Nürburgring, this is the French uh, Matra and the French Blue, and you see a very sim similar uh, wing uh, construction like on the Ferrari. Yeah. And then again, quite a cool race in Nürburgring, uh, where Jackie Stewart actually had a broken wrist uh, and yet uh, managed to get away from everyone else by four minutes. I think he, he had a huge difference uh, from other drivers in this race and uh, it was uh, one of the... Yeah, one of, one of the races that really remained in the history of Formula One as so, one of the most memorable races in the history of sport uh, because of this fact that, you know, uh, you can actually... Yeah, so in, in fact, you can have very, very um, sort of, you know, you can... Uh, this race really shows the resolve and uh, the extent to which uh, someone could be driven to, to win and, and to perform uh, for the team. Uh, and, you know, Jackie Stewart is a great example here who managed to kind of get through the pain but and, and still win. Yep. And for just what we discussed, uh, Dan Gurney became now the first driver to use a full face uh, helmet. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, we, we don't have a photo from this, but we see step-by-step step safety enters uh, Formula One. Yeah, that's right. So finally, you know, we had at least some some protection here. Um, yeah, so uh, Danny Hume, the, the person who won the previous uh, season, <laughs> didn't have a very good season this time, but uh, he managed to perform well um, in... Um, uh, uh, in in uh, in Italy, right, and uh, then he also um, uh, performed well in Canada. But he was already driving for McLaren by that time, not for Brabham. Brabham. <laughs> yep. uh, I'm not sure what happened there, but for some reason, yeah. So he was he had uh, I think a very good career in Brabham, uh, became a champion, and then all of a sudden yep. switched to McLaren. Who knows what happened? I mean, uh, I think it was uh, just a heritage. I think it's the same heritage, right? Uh, I mean, the bro both McLaren and uh, Brabham kind of. Uh, so it's uh, all the same, um, the same region. But of course, uh, yeah. Demi Hume is a New Zealander, so he probably just uh, decided to. to um, I don't know this this the story, but my my guess would be that he just. Um, joined the the um, team of a fellow New Zealander rather than racing for uh, an Australian, like effectively Australian yeah. team. So yeah. perhaps it just had some uh, sort of just... This could uh, be one uh, factor because in 1960s the salaries wasn't that uh, high as we know from today. So the differences was haven't been also that extreme between the teams. Yeah, so I think it probably was also, it had probably also to do with the fact that it was 
um, as, uh, you know, Bruce McLaren is from, was from New Zealand and of course uh, Danny Hume as well, so perhaps it just had this, this connection. Definitely. Yes, um, because I, I haven't heard of a big kind of breakouts between, <laughs> between Danny Hume's and uh, Hume and, sorry, Danny Hume and uh, um, uh, Jack Brabham, so I guess it must have been just kind of this, yeah. this reason. Um, US. Yep, they're going overseas again. Yeah, Over Jackie Stewart. Overseas. Jackie Stewart, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, so we have uh, USA, California, Watkins Glades, and uh, a race of 108 laps. And uh, again, a victory for Jackie Stewart on the French uh, Matra. Mm -hmm. And that, that, uh, that was the first race for Mario Andretti, who will become uh, uh, will become a Formula One champion. And then uh, again, uh, Lotus uh, performing extremely well in Mexico, where you know they effectively won the Mexican Graham, Graham Hill won the Mexican race. Exactly, and uh, interesting here that the race was moved back a week, as we had in 1968 also the uh, Olympics in Mexico City. And another thing is uh, uh, the Mexican government's effort to cop civil unrest led to a switch from military police to unarmed policemen, which unfortunately uh, could not stop the crowd uh, to uh, spread over the uh, race track uh, at the race, uh, and uh, and uh, you have to consider that we are speaking about 1968, where we also had um, politic um, political unrest in Mexico City, which have been, if I not mix up the year now, quite uh, bloody. So, um, so, um, and this, uh, that's why uh, that the government seemed to uh, put a little bit pressure off and uh, just have unarmed police. But on the other hand, they couldn't control the crowd. And this uh, maybe had been one of the reasons why Mexico City uh, lost its uh, Formula One Grand Prix later on. Yeah, so because of the unable to control uh, the, the uh, audience, which uh, of course is a safety issue, as Formula One cars still on the track, still driving, and mm -hmm. uh, you may imagine that you not want to have this. Yeah, so also the Mexican uh, Grand Prix. So, so um, we uh, we talked about uh, Danny Hume. I just uh, looked up uh, if I could quickly find the reason why he moved to McLaren. I just said that he moved to uh, fellow Kiwi, <laughs> uh, fellow Kiwi um, uh, Bruce McLaren. So I guess yeah, it probably had some national, just national connection more than anything. Um, but um, uh, so I also remember that uh, Danny Hume actually suffered a suspension uh, problem uh, in this race and basically couldn't really be competitive. So in that sense, uh, you probably would have guessed by now that uh, uh, Lotus uh, won uh, the championship and Graham Hill emerged uh, as the winner of the season. Exactly. But before we will confirm this, we will... First, have a look on the cars. Yes, of course. I mean, yeah. 
Да, I mean, we're rich to the, the last, yes. the last, uh, the last Grand Prix. So I just wanted to say mm-hmm. that uh, in case you are wondering who won, that was Graham Hill and Lotus. Yeah, that's Lotus right. 49. Yeah, that's it's it's a yeah it's a demonstration car, and you can see it says Jim Clark on it uh, because that's mm-hmm. uh, effectively the last make that uh, Jim Clark. Uh, was driving in Formula One, of course, in Formula One. Yeah, and uh, Formula something one. similar as uh, as with the wings, uh, we we are allowed now to have uh, sponsoring, but uh, the teams had not been experienced uh, how to uh, really paint the cars accordingly to their their sponsors. So they just put on the the stickers from Firestone, Shell, independent if this uh, red and yellow fits to the green and gold or not. They just put it on and. Uh, that's it. Yes, that's right. And uh, I think weight probably wasn't considered that much because, you yeah. know, stickers also weigh. <laughs> and if you yeah, have many of right. them, <laughs> that can add a significant amount of weight. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Brabham BT26, and uh, this car already looks a little bit more advanced, uh, related uh, wings at least. I just love it because it's yeah. uh, it's got this uh, front wings, uh, it's got a back wing, uh, wing, and it's quite low. Like you can see, it's not like it. It in fact it looks uh, um, very much like the nineties. I think uh, the cars that we had we had we had in the nineties um, with uh, this kind of this front. Uh, like it's all the yeah. exper- experiments with aerodynamics, and because I think it was so much. Um, so experimental, it probably didn't do well for that reason, but you can see that they tried a lot of new things. So, um, yeah, big applause for Braham uh, here for, for, for braving this <laughs> make. Uh, but I, uh, yeah, I think that's like, it's brilliant, even though it's absolutely crazy. But if you, if you consider, if you think of the cars that we have, we had in 1990s, I mean, this is very similar. Of course, like yeah. the front wings are a little bit weird, but, <laughs> but, uh, you know, with, uh, more testing and more sort of consideration of aerodynamics, um, this, uh, they were able to, to sort of make it a successful car. Yeah. Very great. And an opposite uh, to this, uh, the McLaren M7A, uh, for me, it looks uh, much less, uh, experimental. Uh, looks much more homogeneous, uh, and mm-hmm. uh, I think this also explains the rise of uh, McLaren in that year. They, they really had a good-looking car. Yeah, absolutely. I just want to also say for those of you who are watching us on YouTube, at the back, uh, so this is um, obviously the museum shot, uh, and at the back, uh, this is not Bruce McLaren, this is Graham Hill. <laughs> and, uh, so I don't know why, why, why in the exposition they've done that, but um, but yeah, just uh, just keep in mind that this is not uh, this is actually a Lotus driver, Graham Hill, and not uh, McLaren, Bruce McLaren, uh, but. I mean, yeah. if you, uh, you can read it, the posters also speaking about the Lotus and not speaking about uh, McLaren. So maybe they did some changes last minute or whatever. Yeah, it's a very strange, uh, very strange, but um, <laughs> yeah, indeed a very cool uh, car. So again, um, uh, they thought about aerodynamics here and they, the, the wing again is quite low, as you can see. And um, just um, again, uh, it would be, we will see how this car will develop in the next few years. Uh, 
but uh, again big changes and uh, i have to say i mean they made probably some good choices on the library as well uh, looks uh, very uh, uh, looks uh, i mean i'm not gonna say it looks kind of uh, very similar to the modern look but uh, at least uh, back in the day it probably was top notch uh, in terms of uh, you know the, the 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 look of it the style of it Yep. Cool. Uh, with this, uh, with this, uh, we're coming to the Honda 302, which we already discussed. Uh, John Sotis said it's uh, the car is undrivable, unsafe, um, whatever. And uh, due to this, Honda, after the accident, decided uh, to leave uh, Formula One after the season. Um, I mean, if you, I mean, it looks quite different than than the other ones. Looks like straight coming from a manga comic or something like this. Quite futuristic, especially with the uh, white and red uh, colors. In opposite uh, to the others, no, uh, nothing on it. No sponsoring, no names. Just uh, white, red, and the red point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think it also looks a little bit like a karting car in terms of like if you look at the, you know, the whole sort of structure. I mean, I appreciate that the aerodynamic bits and uh, or whatever. I shouldn't I shouldn't say aerodynamic bits, but the um, sort of the smooth, the smooth parts. Um, so if you look at it, it uh, looks like uh, pretty much something that you would rather drive on a kind of karting uh, circuit than a Formula One circuit. So you can you can see it's like there is like definitely too much going on and uh, it's not clear what it is for. Is it for straight lines or is it for curves? So it's not an arrow shape. It's not really a straight shape. So it's uh, something that is neither nor. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so for for so for I think for both circuits, quite an uncomfortable car, uh, which is quite surprising for Honda. I think uh, considering the experience uh, in the states, uh, you know, so I would uh, I would have expected more kind of straight lineish um, American type, you know, car. But this is definitely not it. Very, I guess, very yeah. experimental make uh, that, uh, as we discussed uh, earlier, and as Patrick said, um, was fatal um, this season for the driver. Yep. And uh, Ferrari, the 360, 68 uh, version, again, not really the fastest uh, of the cars. And uh, we see here two different versions. Uh, the, as the car started without a wing and later how it continued with uh, having a wing in, in opposite to the constructions from uh, let's say uh, McLaren you see that the wing was somehow uh, later put on the car it not, it's not really integrated just put on top um, so the engineers still had been thinking what to do with the new regulations yes absolutely absolutely Yeah, BRM um, again. Uh, quite in fact, you know, when I looked at BRM, if you click, if you click next, uh, uh, 
um, uh, uh, so if you go to the next slide, if you look at Cooper, so when I looked at Cooper and BRM at one at one stage, I thought it was the same uh, picture. <laughs> so because like when I looked at it, I thought, oh, you know, it probably is uh, the same car. But then you yeah, notice there is a this very shuffle-like wing uh, in BRM, uh, which I think is not there for Cooper. And, um, you know, so um, again, quite a weird car for BRM, uh, but I guess it was an experimental year. So they did uh, experiment uh, um, like mm -hmm. the other teams uh, quite a lot. Um, I mean, uh, um, yeah, I'm not sure what you can achieve when the wing is uh, like this, but, but uh, it's, I think it's way too low and the, the, the shape really looks uh, strange. But um, I mean, it's good to see that many, many cars uh, are, you know, they, many manufacturers experimented, so that's good. Yeah. And um, yeah, we also see the shell sticker on this car. Right. And here yeah. the uh, without uh, any wing and uh, yeah, yeah, and very much like uh, very much like uh, Lotus in previous seasons, like right, uh, arrow shaped um, sort of straight, uh, sorry, arrow shaped narrow car. Um, so yeah, I mean, indeed. But like I said, when I first look at these two pictures, I was like, is that the same? Is that the same car, BRM and Cooper? But easy to distinguish the next one uh, because it's French uh, blue. We see the Matra MS11. In opposite uh, to the photo we showed you earlier on, no wing, uh, but also the Matra, the, the wing had, didn't uh, had been uh, integrated, but they just put some metal sticks and put it over the engine. So uh, quite simple solution mm -hmm. to put a wing. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's um, so. It's good. To, it, 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 it's good to see the French make uh, in the championship, but also you know, look at the look at the pipes at the back. I mean, this is some power, <laughs> some some power pipes, and uh, this yeah. is really. I mean, uh, I mean, I'm just wondering what it might sound like. Uh, but um, yeah, so um, um, Matra had uh, some hits and misses again at, in the in Formula One. But I mean, it's good to see them in the nineteen sixty eight season, especially with this piece. Um, yeah. uh, uh, quite a quite a interesting, in very interesting make. Um, very much, uh, I think, uh, kind of straight, straightish, so straight line yeah. type of car. Yeah. Uh, great, and with this we're coming to the drivers, and uh, we see on first position, and now can officially confirm, Graham Hill won this uh, Team Lotus. Mm -hmm. yeah. In the age of uh, 39, uh, which was in the 1960s already Old. Uh, quite a high age. Yeah. Uh, Jackie Stewart uh, with Matra and Danny Hume McLaren. So I wonder, I think maybe he probably did not regret that he moved uh, from Braham because Braham didn't do well. Uh, but at the same time, I don't think like, uh, like just uh, to give you a little bit of a spoiler, I don't think he did very well in McLaren team uh, later on. I think his best years uh, still were with Braham. 
So maybe it wasn't the best move <laughs> for him after all. I mean, we will see in the next episode. I mean, he still uh, he still he still will remain a Formula One champion. Uh, so that's uh, for sure. But uh, you know, whether this was a good move for him personally for his career, I'm not sure. Uh, okay, um, uh, Jackie X, yeah. So that's uh, yep. driver for Scuderia Ferrari. Bruce yeah. McLaren shows. Yeah. Yeah, Sorry, uh, finally a driver from uh, Belgium. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so that's uh, so. Then uh, we have Bruce McLaren who showed us some good performance this year as well. And, and for the team, the McLaren team, was very good. And uh, Pedro Rodriguez, uh, we have um, uh, a special about Rodriguez brothers. Uh, please have a look. Um, I think it's a very popular episode on our channel. Yep. Uh, probably the most popular episode on our channel so far, where we discuss uh, Rodriguez brothers. Uh, and uh, there is a lot of uh, interesting information. And uh, Patrick is showing also some knowledge of uh, local Mexican <laughs> culture <laughs> throughout this yeah. episode so uh, please have a look uh, and you will find out more about uh, Pedro Rodriguez. That, uh, that, uh, Pedro Rodriguez is doing a, a very good uh, job the same uh, as in the last season uh, I would assume the BRM is not the most competitive car uh, these days but nevertheless uh, a sixth position with that uh, car it's a very good result Yes, absolutely. You've seen the BRM make, we just showed it to you. It's uh, yeah. weird how anybody could uh, achieve any result in it, but, uh, you know, it's... Uh, uh, so, yeah, big applause for Pedro Rodriguez for that. Um, Josephet, as we said, he was driving for a Volker Racing and he won one of the Grand Prix uh, that season. Uh, John Surtis, uh, Patrick mentioned, who refused uh, to drive uh, the dangerous Honda. Um, and uh, yeah, we also have Jean-Pierre uh, Beltois for Matra there. Yep, these are our top, uh, top nine. Mm -hmm. So have a look on the Constructors Championship. We already uh, discussed uh, Lotus uh, Ford uh, won the title with uh, comfortable 62 points. And then we have uh, McLaren Ford doing good. Uh, Matra, same engine, uh, 45. And then we have uh, Ferrari, BRM, Honda, uh, Cooper, uh, Brabham. As I said, Brabham was really a disappointing uh, year after the last um, success. Absolutely. And uh, then we have uh, Matra with a Matra engine and um, McLaren with the BRM engine. Yeah, As, I think... Uh, still, um, this yet, uh, not that the situation that uh, Orca cars of the same team also at the same engines. Yeah, I think uh, that this also shows you that, um, you know, how quickly the fate can change or you know, the, the yeah. sort of the, uh, your success can turn into failure in, in Formula One with Braham um, kind of falling all the way to eighth place uh, because obviously they lost a driver and uh, uh, they quite uh, they tried quite a lot of uh, experimental things, uh, but nevertheless, uh, you know, um, it also shows you how quickly a newcomer can proceed with McLaren <laughs> being second, which which is quite cool. 
Uh, and of course, uh, yeah, Ford, uh, oh, sorry, Lotus Ford, um, uh, as Patrick said, a very successful year for them with 13 points ahead of the next competitor. Uh, fantastic result. Yeah. yeah, so just to basically to sum up, uh, well, of course, like to me, this is, of course, a year of Jim Clark, uh, despite the fact that he just participated. Well, I guess it's a year of two people, Jim Clark and Graham Hill. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, Jim Clark, obviously, I think uh, like my, my hunch would be that he would have won the season, uh, probably would have won it quite um, with quite a, quite a big uh, um, difference compared to other drivers, but uh, because uh, he tragically lost his life, he obviously we, we wouldn't know that. I mean, we don't know what what could what have happened. We can assume uh, as uh, he was uh, the faster driver in comparison to uh, Graham Hill, uh, maybe because of his uh, uh, age, obviously based on his uh, talent, but also in the past, Lotus traditionally focused on the number one driver, so. If there wouldn't have had uh, been the accident, I also would um, agree or that uh, he would have won the championship. Yes, absolutely. Um, so notable wins. Um, I don't know. To me, I'm just gonna go with X's win <laughs> for Ferrari because it was the only one <laughs> that season. Um, uh, which was, uh, I think, quite an important thing for for um, uh, for Ferrari, considering everything that was going on and all the kind of unfortunate events that happened around Ferrari um, in 1967 and uh, kind of which kind of continued into 1968. Um, notable accidents again, uh, like I would say that it's the, the most notable accident happened outside Formula One and Formula Two. This is Jim Clark, um, uh, Hockenheim ring, uh, Formula Two tragic, um, um, tragic incident. And of course, uh, we, I think here with notable accidents, we have to mention Honda because as a result of um yeah as, as a result of uh, you know this the honda car being dangerous they completely exited the competition so that was quite exactly important. And, uh, let's say in opposite to the accident of uh, jim clark and also uh, ludovico scafiotti uh, mm -hmm. this had been a, a fatal accident again uh, directly inside formula one yes absolutely and um, so in terms of uh, notable strategies, uh, so to me, I think uh, um, two teams again should be mentioned here. The first one is, of course, Lotus, who managed to pull their act together despite uh, losing the top driver, uh, complete devastation of the team. Uh, so having having uh, such driver as Graham Hill uh, at the back, <laughs> so supporting them from sort of uh, from uh, the testing driver's seat uh, is a, was a cool thing. And it was great that they managed to pull the rack together so quickly and were able to be back and compete uh, and win the season and win the, the driver's champion, championships, championship and uh, the constructor championship i think that was uh, extraordinary considering the experience yeah. of pre yes. that we saw previously and then of course i want to uh, say i want to mention uh, mclaren who produced a fabulous car 
uh, especially for a team that is very young team in the sport. Uh, this was a great achievement. And uh, uh, I mean, we still have this team now, <laughs> which is important. And, uh, you know, so this was a fantastic start for a very new team. Uh, and uh, um definitely they have invested a lot of time and effort into um uh, into testing and uh, analytics and uh, uh, understanding what they need to win right and uh, yeah of course they managed to attract a good driver <laughs> and that's uh, that's important yeah i quit uh, to these points then uh, our last point the Legacy. Oh, this is this is a hard one because on the one yeah. hand it was you know I don't want to degrade uh, the the um, uh, achievement of Graham Hill. I think yeah. he really saved this season. But at the same time, I think and for many people this is still a season of Jim Clark. Um, so it's a little bit of, um, you know, I think it's, uh, it's difficult call, uh, um, uh, who made uh, most impact, uh, either with death or life, but I guess, uh, I would just uh, want to again, uh, um, sort of, uh, praise, uh, the, the, um, uh, the expertise of Graham Hill here, because I think it's much more difficult to to be the one who tries to pull, you know, things together after a big yeah. disaster like that. Um, and um, you know, he, he, I think he he deserves a, uh, he deserves a, a, a really uh, some credit for that. Yeah, I, I agree uh, completely. Um, I mean, if we wouldn't have have this uh, fatal uh, accidents, I would have said uh, the legacy uh, is, uh, of course, also related to, to the introduction of wings, as this technical mm -hmm. development is up to uh, today, and of course also the introduction of sponsoring. As uh, Formula One, as you know, is today is also business, and uh, having this as a source of income is. Uh, change the sports um, drastically. Absolutely, absolutely. But of course, uh, due to the tra tragic accidents, to uh, thanks to uh, Graham Hill' um, ability to keep the uh, team together and lead them to to success. I mean, this of course uh, are the most uh, is the most relevant legacy which I see from that year. All right, so that was uh, 1968 uh, on Data Driven F1. Uh, we are on all the media as a, in the form of a podcast or a video. Please join us uh, and uh, leave your comments. Tell us uh, where you agree with us, where you disagree with us. Maybe we missed something important. We're always uh, keen to hear your opinion. Mm -hmm. And thanks a lot for, for being with us and we'll see you next time. Yeah, bye-bye. Bye.